Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. What's going on? It's your boy T.P. Thomas back at the helm on the last Sunday. Wait, people, I don't even know if y'all know what's going on. I even got a dog outside barking, throwing a noise out there. We've been the last Sunday of the first Burr month. I mean, really, September is coming to a close right now. This is unreal. Sports City, let me kick this thing off as best as I can, get a word from our sponsor. There's a lot to get into for this first Sunday or last Sunday. This portion of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last. That's right. Check out PHI Apparel. Continue to support them as best as you can because they support us. That is for sure. Uh, me and my co-hosts have been mixing it up in the green room, talking about everything that went on this weekend, calling out of the New York region of the United States of America, Mr. Knight, a.k.a. Chandler. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? I'm good, man. You know, it's a nice, lazy Sunday. Clean the kitchen. Letting the stuff on my stove soak so I can finish cleaning my stove. It's a good day. Hey, hey, if, if you're getting up cleaning, man, hey, you got to do it on a Sunday, man. You know, that that was a song that, that old Mark, you remember Mark? Mark used to play that Easy Like Sunday, that song. You know, he used to come in here and play that a lot. And I used to get me going for that good old football Sunday, Bobby. It's right. And it, it's, the timing is right right now. I feel like I should play that today. I may. I may. I got to go through the uh, – you know, the the studio and click the button so I can hear that feeling kind of Sunday, you know, something like that, man. It was an erratic sun, a Saturday, excuse me. I'm, I'm still ahead of myself. I don't know where I am, but it was an erratic Sunday, crazy week, how Thursday night went crazy for the Giants and 
you know, it got hectic around Sports City because, uh, well, actually within our chat, you know, still people defending the Giants. So that's something that we'll actually be jumping into a little later into the show. I got to keep that on ice. Oh, we do have the other guy here. We have Mr. Harvey here. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Easy night, Sunday morning. All right, man, I'm good, bro. Uh, good morning to you, to Tanner. I'm ready to cook, bro. How you feeling? I'm okay. Uh, just trying to get this thing started as best as I can. Okay, so first and foremost, the first thing I want to get into, and I'm going to do this as quick as I possibly can because I've seen that last week. We ran straight into 1 o'clock, and I don't want to do that. I don't like competing, like running right into the door and just trying to, like, where are my nachos? Where are my soda? Like, where are my stuff at? I don't I don't want to go into the game like that. I want to be easy like Sunday. You know what I'm saying? So let's go. Feeling kind of Sunday. So first I'm going to get into the score, then I'm going to go to the standings of the MLB. And um, kind of look at it kind of personal at that, too. <laughs> I feel like somebody keeps saying personal. So that word has been popping up a lot. You guys know who's been saying personal a lot. Okay, so first and foremost, the Angels beat the Twins one nothing yesterday. The Cubs beat the Rockies 6-3. to The Phillies beat the Mets, tell me something new, 7-5. to The A's, Oakland, beat the Tigers 4-1. to The White Sox beat the Red Sox one nothing. The Marlins squeezed one out against the Brewers in Miami, 5-4. to four. The Rays beat the Blue Jays, 7-6, to six, and that's interesting in the East right now, especially with the race going on for the postseason. The Orioles beat the Guardians, 2-1 in Cleveland. People, wait, I, I, I have to talk about this, and I, trying, I thought I was going to go through the scores as fast as I could, but I can't get past this one. The Pirates beat the Reds, 13-12. to 12. I don't know if you guys know this history, right? The Pirates are 0 in 819 when down nine runs at any point of a game. They have never won a game down nine or nine or more runs in a game. They came back and won this game 13 to 12. They have never almost a close to a 900 or a thousand wins. However you want to look at it or losses, excuse me, not not wins. But that's crazy that the Pirates dug this one out in Cincinnati. And I feel bad because the Reds were one of those stories that you felt good about especially the way that they were playing ball in this game and ended up losing this game at home in the great American situation. Uh, the Rangers win their matchup against the Mariners, and this makes this even more interesting. The AL West is ridiculous. I'll get to the standings later. The Rangers beat the Mariners 2 nothing. The Royals have beaten the Astros 3-2, to surprisingly. The Royals have been putting it together late in the season, too. For some odd reason, these guys are playing strong. Next year, that's a team to worry about. Um, the Cardinals win in an extra inning game up against the Padres, 5-2 to two in 11 innings. The Dodgers shut out. The Giants, 7-0. And uh, there were two postponements. One was the Diamondbacks and the Yankees. They'll be playing a makeup game on Monday. And the Braves and the Nationals actually had a postponement. Their makeup game is today. Uh, any other games that you guys would like to speak about before I get into the standings? I'll start with you first, Chandler, and go to Mike next. No, I just I, I was hoping you talk about the pirate game because um, I'm disappointed in them this year because there's too much talent on that team for them to, to 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 not have been better. But I'm glad that they were able to do that, especially after the crap David Ross said the other night. But that's really about the only game that I thought was really interesting was that pirate game. Um, oh, you know what I'm saying? You talk about since their team, since the organization's inception, which we're going back to the 1800s, they've never won a game went down by nine runs. And they finally won one, so good for them. 
What did David Ross say? I want to hear uh, what did he say and then, you know, move from it, I guess. When uh, they lost two out, the Cubs lost two out of three to the Pirates, and after the the last game that they lost, he's like, we shouldn't have lost to that team because that team ain't good enough to beat us. Mm. Yeah. Then, of course, he had to backtrack and and all that other nonsense, but yeah. Right. That's not a good team, and they're not the caliber team we should be losing to. Okay. Uh, Mike, anything that you'd like to touch on out of these scores before I get into the standings and get away from MLB? No, just real quick. I mean, I think that, you know, the Pirates have played. They had a good hot start. They've been about 500 in their last 60 or so. So, you know, good win for them, and I think it might have it might have buried Cincinnati. That's, that's so tough that uh, Cincinnati had one of those success stories. And, and I, can, I can't lie. The NL Central has definitely made it that much more interesting. I cannot lie to tell the truth. Okay, so I'm going to get into the standings because it's, it's interesting at this point in time while everybody is in the last week or the final stretch to be in their positions or positioning to get into October, the hunt for red October. So I'll start with the AL East. First, you have the Baltimore Orioles, who lead the entire American League, 96-59. and 59. Uh, right behind them are the Tampa Bay Rays. They are 95 and 61. Uh, these two have both clinched. They both are trying to fight for who overall has the lead uh, for the division and, and the AL at that. The Blue Jays are 86 and 69. Uh, I think they will possibly. This is this is so interesting how the American League is working. The Yankees are 78 and 76. The Red Sox are eliminated 76 and 79. Um, Looking at the AL Central, the Twins clinched this week. Thank the Lord. It's eighty-two and seventy-three. Because I was worried. I was just like, I've seen this happen before. Cleveland caught us and we got bumped out. I was like, if it happened to me, I'm giving up. Cleveland is seventy-four, eighty-two, eliminated at this point. The Tigers are seventy-two and eighty-three, eliminated at this point. The White Sox are fifty-nine and ninety-six. Mayhem going on in the South Side of Chicago. They are also eliminated. And the Kansas City Royals, one of the worst teams in baseball, 53 and 102, they are also eliminated as well within the division. And last but not least, and then, then I could tie this over to you guys for the American League, the Texas Rangers have overcome all of them. This has to be one of the craziest ups and down seasons I have ever seen by the Texas Rangers. These dudes, they win eight straight, they lose 11 straight, they put on a winning streak and get back to first place. In the American League West, this is crazy. They're 86-68. They're being trailed by the Houston Nationals, 85-70, and 70, a game and a half back. The Seattle Mariners are 84-72, and 72 games back. The Angels are 70-85, and 85, eliminated at this point in time. They may potentially be losing two megastars. I'm not even calling them superstars. Megastars and Otani and Trout, but Trout's deal is big. I wonder what <laughs> Los Angeles, I'm going to say Anaheim, what they're going to do. And the worst team in baseball, the Oakland A's of 48 and 107. They're also eliminated at this point in time. Uh, fellas, I'll come to you first. Mike, your thoughts on the American League, the teams and the races, and how this uh, postseason is looking to shape out. Texas getting the best of Seattle this weekend. They play again today, and then they play uh, three more next weekend. Uh, Seattle's going to have to take care of business against Texas, which I don't think is going to happen in order to get into this postseason. Right now, sitting two games <clears throat> behind Toronto, just like, you know what, a game 
half a ga- uh, game or so uh, behind Houston. So, I mean, that's pretty much you're either going to get two from each division or you're going to get – well, you're going to get two out of the East regardless. You're going to get one out of the Central, and then you're either going to get a third team from the East or the West. I mean, that's pretty much what our playoff picture looks like in the American League. Chandler, your thoughts on the American League, how some of these races are panning out and uh, the race in the East, if if you have any, you know, thoughts on how Baltimore and the Rays are coming down to the wire in that situation. the My boys could potentially try to catch the second seed, but that loss yesterday doesn't help them. They are a few games back from the Rangers. If they could catch the Rangers, they could actually get the second seed, hopefully. But uh, they'd have to win out somehow, some way, and the Rangers would have to win. <laughs> this is incredible how the AL West is looking already. So, But your thoughts on the American League so I can get to the National League? Well, I thought the Rangers would win the West. I never wavered from that. I don't think Houston's making it. Um, Yankees still have a heartbeat. Ain't eliminated yet. But I think Texas – I expected Texas to win the West. I keep saying it. Bruce Bochy is a great manager. He's a Hall of Fame manager, and that team is going to be a force we reckon with. And I think Houston's on the last legs. Listen, I love Dusty. I hate the Astros, so I'm rooting for them to not not make it. They can't defend their crown? They can't even defend it? Like, let them get into the race and try to do something, man. They already kicking y'all, Dusty, man. Um, I, I feel a certain way about that because I, I do support Dusty and watching him try to, you know, win the World Series in so many different locations. He finally got it. Now it's like, okay, calm down because you, you're putting out good product. <laughs> now you're putting out good product. And um, I don't want to see Houston in the postseason because they get stronger. For some odd reason, every time they get to October, it's like, Everybody gets hit. Altuve turns into a monster. The pitching ramps up. They got Verlander back, too. So it's like I don't want to see him start going crazy, throwing 100 across the plate every time. So it's like, no, I don't want to get Houston hyped up. But definitely the way that this race is panning out in the American League, I, I love it. I can't, and especially in the West. It's like every day you want to see how this comes around. Seattle was just at the top of this division. They fell a third. You know what I'm saying? And they're within two games. So this is looking like the lottery right now. Let me get to the National League. Uh, I'll start with the – I don't even know where to start because it's so good. Let me start with the West. Okay. The Dodgers are 95-59 and 59, uh, leading the West. They clinched. The Diamondbacks are 81-73. They're 14 games back. The Giants are 77-78. and 78. They fell under 500 at this point in time. The San Diego Padres are 76-79, and 19-and-a-half back. Eliminated are the Colorado Rockies at 56-98. and 98. This is where it gets interesting, people, and I spoke about one of these teams recently, but the NL Central, the Milwaukee Brewers have clinched. They are 88-67. and 67. This is where it gets intriguing. The Cubs are 81-74, and 74, seven games back, but the wild card is why I'm saying this. The Cincinnati Reds are 79-77, nine and a half back. Interesting enough, they did lose that game to the Pirates. It, 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 it's so tooth and nail, you don't want to lose too much of this ground. The Pirates are 74 and 81, 14 games back, and eliminated at this point in time are the St. Louis Cardinals sitting at 68 and 87. Ridiculous how the season went for the Cardinals. I'm, I'm like, I'm shocked. I can't believe how, how good the Cardinals were last year for them to have this type of fall. Um, but nevertheless, it is just intriguing how the Cubs and the Reds are still in the hunt to try to get a postseason bid. But um, it's going to be a race to the finish. It really is. Uh, looking at the NL East, the Braves have the best record 
uh, in baseball. They are 99-55, playing extremely well. They've clinched. The Philadelphia Phillies are 86-69, and 13.5 back. The Miami Marlins are 80-75, and 19.5 back. Eliminated the New York Mets are 71-84, and, and also eliminated within that division with the Washington Nationals, sitting at 68-87. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the National League? You know, the Padres may mess around and catch the Giants. Not that that really matters a whole lot, but they might mess around and catch the Giants. You know, the Marlins have played their way back into this postseason discussion uh, and are looking like they really have a legit shot to make this postseason. Uh, Cincinnati, two and a half off with that loss yesterday. and But, uh, I mean, technically – the first seed's still up for grabs between New York, uh, I mean, between Atlanta and L.A. And uh, as I said before, I think uh, it's just going to be interesting to watch these wild card races. The divisions are decided, but, you know, you've got a few teams still in contention. And Cincinnati, two and a half out with a week to go, like stranger things have happened. So, you know, Cincinnati, uh, I think Philly's pretty much going to get that first wild card. So, you know, you got Cincinnati, Arizona, Miami um, mean, and Chicago all contending for those last two spots. It'll be fun. Stanley, your thoughts on the National League, how these races are going down, uh, also within the wild card, just like has been mentioned also, how you think this may pan out, who's in, who's out, and I also have somebody in queue as well. Well, I would have liked to see Cincinnati, Arizona, and the Cubs get in, honestly. Um we're not going to see that. So, for me, it's down to Chicago and Cincinnati. I'd like to see those two get in because I think the Phillies are going to get in. But the National League, to me, honestly, is not that interesting because at the end of the day, we already know who's going to be in the LCS. So, I'm like, yeah, okay. That's all funny. You know, it's all well and good. It's all funny games. But it's Atlanta and the Dodgers in the LCS. So, you know, it is what it is. I agree. We spoke about this the other day. Um as strong as the Braves have been playing all season long, I don't know who stops them in the National League. I really feel like they are going to have an epic run to the World Series. If somebody stops them, that would be one of the more epic collapses I could ever think of, especially with how everybody's hitting on the Braves at this point in time. I think the only thing that could contest with them is the Dodgers. The Dodgers are playing as strong. Their record is near theirs as well. And um, they are playing – like they're smooth sailing out west, and, and nobody's really been able to stop them. And the Dodgers have been consistently playing this way, huh, I really want to say since, like, 2017. Like, they've always been a team that you had to worry about in the postseason. So they've been putting it together season after season. Rob, Brian Roberts, I, I got to take my hat. I got to. Uh, other way, did you got you got these guys prepared. You've lost pieces from Turner, all of these guys going everywhere else, and, and you guys are still the locomotive out west. I, I got to give you credit. If he's able to get that stop to the Braves, and, and you got to go into Georgia and steal a game too, this is going to be impressive. But I, I that just like Chandler said, I really feel like there is no way to stop these two. I think they're on a collision course. It's just whoever succeeds in that uh, seven-game series. But we have to wait till it pans out. That's all on paper, or at least within my brain. Um, calling in from the West Coast, the L.A. region of the United States of America. Breaking news, Brian Hughes. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? What is good, boys? How's everybody doing on this Sunday morning? We are doing all right, and yourself, sir. 
Doing pretty good. Watched some college games yesterday. Hey, just you, you, you're all in my pot. Back away from my pot. Just you. You always do something next level every time. Just you. All I have is bride Hughes. That's all I have. You're in my pot. Okay, so now that you want to talk about college, that's what I have lined up. Do you want to to talk about anything baseball or do I go to college football? Because that was next. I already told you about. I already told you how I felt about the MLB uh, yesterday. I'm a I'm an Angels fan, so I'm ready to move to college okay. football. You want to talk about your position? How um you guys are going to keep Shohei Otani and, and Mike Trout? Do you want to talk about that? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking with him. I'm being funny with him. He, he said, "If oh. you be what." <laughs> I know. I'm joking with him. I, we listen. Let me tell you something, Chandler. He is a good Angel fan, right? But he was—he's mad at the way that we had this discussion too, Chandler. The same discussion, man. You had the same discussion I had with Brian off, offline, off the air about how that organization is being run. Brian had the same exact sentiment of way that these guys are throwing it in the dirt and uh, watching these names come in and out and not being able to put a good product out there. And that's why I was joking with him just now about them trying to keep at least Shohei or, or if they can keep both of them. He's just trying to rub a little, a little salt in the wound, Chandler, that's all. Right, yeah, right, like, right. Saying, what? I was about to say the same thing. Come off mute, but he beat me to it. <laughs> I, I got I to hey, mess listen, with him. He came in He's he's digging in pots. Listen, I got to get I'm him. I'm a fan, but I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not completely delusional. Okay, I gotta get. Him. Listen, we're from a neighbor. Listen, I know all of us are from that that kitchen. If you lifted up your mother pot, you got your hair popped, right? Uh, at least I know my mother was. Oh, yeah. So, so he did that. He's getting his hair popped. Simple as that. That's all he does is popping. That's all he, he got popped before. So at least, at least. I, I know I got discipline. <laughs> listen, that, that's a, that's a whole other. And my auntie was rough with a wooden spoon, yo. Like she'd crack you in a second with a wooden spoon. Right. That's what I'm, uh, this is what I'm saying. We all we all from that neighborhood. Okay. So so let me get into this because this is gonna get pretty hectic, Sports City. Buckle up, because this this Saturday, I'm getting into it. <laughs> let me just get into it. Okay. Um, Georgia wins their matchup against UAB, forty-nine to twenty-one. Uh, it looked fun early in this game, like the first quarter or so, but um, it got out of hand. Michigan wins their matchup against Rutgers, thirty-one to seven, but it looked good early. It did. <laughs> um, Texas blows out Baylor. Sports City. I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, Wednesday it is, right? I think it's Wednesday. The cookout. Please come to the cookout Wednesday. And tell Sirius about himself. Please tell Sirius about himself. If y'all don't, I will. Because you want to know what Sirius did during the cookout? He said Baylor was going to make it a game with Texas. I said, yeah, right. Texas is going to kill them. The score is 38-6. to six. I don't need to say anything else. And this is in Waco. In Waco, they beat them 38-6. to six. Uh, Believe me. Baylor is not the same. And they said this could potentially be the end of their rivalry. This rivalry goes back to 1915 because Texas is now – going to the SEC, so that's crazy that this is over 100 years of a uh, rivalry that may potentially end unless, you know, the committee puts the rivalry back together next season and all, so on and so on. Um, one of the 
Now, now, this game I'm about to get to, Sports City, I was watching this with my big brother, a.k.a. Breaking News, Brian Hughes, especially how it was going down, because he's talking to me about, you know, how the show going to go down today, so on and so forth. Florida State eats out a win up against Clemson, 31 to 24. And at the same time, while I'm watching this game, Chandler's calling me at the same time. So I had to get off the phone with Brian, talk to Chandler about the game. They both going sick right now. I'm like, what the heck going on? This dude missed a, a basically an extra point field goal. Like he's right in front of it and missed, and then they lost. Like I, I want their response to this game. That that's incredible. Florida State is eking out games crazy. They had a scare against Boston College, and then Clemson, Clemson should have won. That that was a chipper. Just this, I was I wasn't even looking at my TV. Brian said he missed a twenty nine yarder. I looked up at the screen and it was just going. It, just sailing the other way. I'm like, come on. And Chandler calling me right now. I'm like, I got to call Chandler back. But we, I'm going to let them get there. These, they're they're going to go up. I'm telling you, he's going to be electric in here. Uh, USC beats for Arizona sure. State 42. Excuse me? Excuse me? I just said for sure. I'm oh, okay. USC beats Arizona State 42 to 28. Um, I'm going to say this before I keep going. USC, they can score points, but their defense is not impressed. They're giving up points to everybody. Uh, every you can score on them. You can they can be beat. Uh, their offense is good. Caleb Williams is a monster. Uh, one of their touchdowns on fourth and seven, and he threw a bomb on fourth and seven. He he's incredible. But USC, I feel like they're going to lose a close game. They better watch it. It could be Oregon or I don't even really want to say Colorado, but. We, let me let me get. I got to get through these scores. Saturday was electric because it got me at the edge of my seat. This game right here, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Um, I'm gonna let. I can't wait till they start talking. Um, because I feel like I got the dogs on the dog on leash because I I talked to Brian and, and Chandler yesterday during this game and um, Ohio State. Um, you guys have your issue. <laughs> you guys have your issue. If Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't there. And that run game didn't support you guys. I am not impressed by uh, the quarterback at all. Uh, he made some key throws in the end of the game. I have to give him credit for completing that third and 19 and got it to the one because that definitely put them in position to win the game. But he is so erratic, and, and <laughs> I, I really feel like Ohio State could be beat. I feel like Michigan will continue on the streak and beating them within the Big Ten. Finally, this thing is turning around how long Ohio State ran that rivalry. Uh, Penn State shuts out Iowa 31 to nothing. I got to tip my hat to the Nittany Lions on that shutout because Iowa's always been in the top 25, and they got pounded. Uh, Washington, if you guys have not watched Michael Penix play, this dude is absolutely ridiculous. They took him out third quarter. Third quarter, they was up 50 to, I think it was like 12 or something. They were killing them. And um, the final score was 59 to 32, but it is Cal. Cal has not been playing well, but still Washington put the points up enough to let you know what time it was. Uh, Oregon wins their matchup up against Colorado, 42-6 to in the massacre. Their coach Lanning said, and I quote, they're playing for clicks, we're playing for wins. Uh, people, when I saw the spread and it was at 21, I'm like, he did this against TCU. It was a 20-point spread. I felt like uh, – Deanna, catch them again in Vegas. No. Oregon was not having that at all. Um, what bothers me about Dion? Dion is the best corner that I can remember, right, from what I've seen from 
when he came out of Florida State, went to Atlanta, and went to San Fran, and went to Dallas, the best corner I've ever seen. Then he went to the Washington Redskins and Baltimore, so on and so forth, right? You're a defender. Why can't your defense play defense? And your son is on the defense, 42 points, and you guys can't stop a crossing route at all, at all. They can throw in the middle of the field, and that thing is wide open. You have Colorado looking like a Pac-12 team. They play a whole bunch of offense and no defense. And Oregon, I got to give you credit. They shut your door down and sacked them seven times. Oregon, I salute you. I salute you. Uh, me and Chandler talked about this one, about Utah being strong. This is a nail-biter. Well, not even a nail-biter, but a low-scoring affair. Utah wins this game 14-7 to up against UCLA. They slowed down Chip Kelly's offense, holding them to one score uh, in a top-25 matchup. LSU survives <laughs> up against Arkansas. I'm going to say this right now, and I know Mike Harvey is here, but I got to tell him I'm not impressed with LSU. I am not impressed with LSU. Um, they're at home and it had to survive against Arkansas. Arkansas had a shot to get this game and knock LSU off. Uh, Jaden Daniels has to fix this. Uh, Brian Kelly, I, I don't know what's going on. It was so, you know, high to expect to see out of you and, I don't see the consistency there. It's like you guys got to get your wheels turning by like halftime or third quarter for you guys to get a feel for the game and for your defense to be giving up these type of scores to an unranked Arkansas. It's questionable. 34 to 31. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. I, I got to tell you this. Like me being uh, the guy that I am, I'm not big on Alabama. Like I always want to see somebody compete with them or beat them. But with Lane Kiffin talking junk to Nick Saban in Alabama, I wanted to see Alabama beat Ole Miss. It happened, 24 to 10. Lane, don't do it again. Just, just coach, because you're everywhere you're going. It's like it's not working out. Like, and this is a good situation. You're in the SEC. You could try to build something in Mississippi, but don't poke the bear, especially while he's down, and they can still beat you. 24 to 10, Alabama takes care of business. Washington State beats Oregon State 38 to 35 in a shocker and an upset. Uh, this took place in Washington. Oklahoma wins their matchup against Cincinnati 20 to 6. North Carolina wins their matchup against Pittsburgh. It was it was good early until North Carolina pulled away 41 to 24. Duke wins their matchup against UConn. They came to Connecticut and blew the Huskies out 41 to 7. The Miami Hurricanes win their matchup 41 to 7. In Pennsylvania. Fantasy wins their match with the University of Texas. Hold on, Brian, can you mute? I got him. I did that. Uh, and last but not least, out of the top 25, Florida beat Charlotte 22 to 7 to round out the top 25. Uh, I'll come to you first on this one, Chandler. Your thoughts on the 20, top 25 games? Uh, any teams that you'd like to point to? Uh, the massacre that took place in Oregon. Give me your thoughts on, on all of it across the board, at least the top 25 or another game that I may have missed. I'll say this about Oregon real quick. Dan Lanning um, really needs to shut the hell up because last I checked, mm -hmm. while his school was in negotiations to leave the Pac-12, he criticized Colorado for leaving, Pac leaving the Pac-12 and tried to stand on the soapbox and then turned around and not even seven days later talk about we leaving too. So, Dan Landing can kiss my, can kiss the crutchy side of my behind after I eat corn. We'll be very clear about that. Um, Al Golden. Al Golden needs to be fired into the sun. Why does Al Golden have a job? There were more games lost because of terrible coaching than there were games won because of good coaching. There were more games lost because of terrible coaching 
Um, let's see, Al Golden. Every time you you decided to heat up McCord from Ohio State, your team got the ball back. He wasn't completing passes. So on the penultimate play of the game, it's third and nineteen. Third and nineteen. You decide to only rush three and play a soft zone against NFL-caliber receivers. I'm old. I'm fat. I can barely walk. I could have completed a pass against that damn defense he called. Al Golden shouldn't have a job today. Oh, and Marcus Freeman, you don't get off the hook either. Mr. I, I let 10 people get on the field instead of 11 because I was worried about a half the distance penalty. Are you kidding me? Really? And, of course, Listen, that Clemson game, listen, I keep telling you, I'm not impressed with Florida State. I'm not impressed at all. You know, because for most of that game, I thought I was, I thought I was watching a Black Panther movie. Because all I heard was that running back name, Mafa, Mafa. I started yelling, I started yelling, Wakanda forever. Okay? And then, again, critical play, critical play, you want to run, you want to run, oh, my, you want to run a trick play? You got to sit to doing the worm. You got the right guards pirouetting, and you tell your quarterback to do a kick flip into a jump pass while the tight end is calling up the damn crossbar. What the hell is wrong with these coaches, man? You you bring in a kicker. Three years, you wouldn't play him. You called him on Sunday. He showed up on Monday, and you started him on Saturday. The first field goal he kicked, he hooked. It just happened to go through. So And then you played for the field goal with the guy that you wouldn't let kick for three years. Mm. Oh, my God. And Arkansas? Really? Really? You got a quarterback bigger than some NFL quarterbacks. Short yardage, critical situation, let's run them off tackle. Let's run them And, again, miss me with the Brian Kelly LSU nonsense. Okay, because had the coaches of Arkansas not been clowns at critical moments in that game, LSU doesn't win. Man, listen, those games might have been exciting, but that was piss-poor coaching, piss-poor coaching decisions. And at USC, the, the coach of Arizona State is barely old enough to drink, okay? He's barely old enough to drink. How in the hell are you giving up 28 points to him? Why was that game remotely close in the first quarter? It's just it's just some bad coaches in college. I'm sorry. It's just some terrible, 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 terrible coaching in college. I'm sorry. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the top 25 to score some games that you'd like to reflect on as well and things that you heard that we, we spoke on? Yeah, I agree with him on a lot of what he said, but I will say no excuse for 10 minutes on the field last play of the game. And then he wants to come back because I guess old man Lou Holtz called Notre Dame out for – I mean, he called Ohio State out for not being physical and for wilting on those tough stages. And then he wants to come out and say, well, we had to get this win the way we did, you know, with a run, smash mouth run. So you had 10 guys on the field. If you couldn't have got it right there, uh, there's a problem. I'm still not impressed with Kyle McCord and Ohio State. And how about how Florida State trailed for pretty much all that game? They pulled even late. 
they didn't lead until overtime. They also had a before the missed field goal by Clemson. Uh, Clemson turned the ball over the previous possession, and Florida State got a scoop and score to even the game up. So Clemson led most of the way, uh, but you know Davo and his I don't want to mess with the transfer portal or whatever, and the the kid the two year transfer from Michigan State, the kid that catches a touchdown. Uh, Florida State played really well in the opening game of the year and for a couple of weeks, but they definitely did not. They have not looked apart the last couple of weeks. Uh, and they still got to deal with North Carolina and Duke in this uh, ACC. Going out west, uh, you know, you say what you want to to your team, Dan Lanning or whatever, when you're trying to – but last time I checked, you guys haven't impressed me yet either. Like, you're showing flashes, but once again, you're resting your hopes on Bo Nix's quarterback. Like, listen, they got they got dog walked by Georgia beginning of last season. Uh, that game might be different now as Georgia does look vulnerable. But, I, you know, Dan Lane is in his second year at Oregon, and I haven't seen him yet win a game that was questionable, like that they were underdogs in or, you know, that maybe was – Whatever, so I'm still not impressed with him. Uh, looking at the SEC, uh, Lane, when are you going to learn? You know, like you, we we talked about this Thursday night. If you just kept your mouth shut, you might have got in there and stole the win before they realized what was going on. And Chandler, you said this on Thursday night. Lane Kiffin has never won a game against a team that he's uh, not supposed to beat, right? And this was uh, a chance for them to step onto uh, to that kind of a stage, and they were unable to do so. Uh, now maybe they get their win at home this weekend. It, it, interesting because Alabama, <coughs> you know, was able to eat that game out. Ole Miss plays LSU next weekend in Oxford, so maybe this is their win. But, I mean, if Ole Miss wins that game, how many people are going to be really surprised? Uh, to me – uh, on the Arkansas LSU game, first things first, uh, shout out to both coaches wearing the number three patch on their helmet to uh, celebrate, uh, you know, in support of Greg Brooks, Louisiana native, went to Arkansas for a couple years, just recently diagnosed uh, a week ago with a brain tumor as they did some extra tests after he had another battle of vertigo. So the guy had surgery uh last weekend to get this thing uh, taken care of. And so uh, shout out to both of those schools wearing a, a stick on their helmet, a decal, whatever, to uh, show support in Greg Brooks. Some things are bigger than the game. So uh, class by Arkansas. Appreciate that. I thought Arkansas played really well. I thought LSU did not play well defensively. Uh, Jaden Daniels, I don't really have any uh, arguments. 21 for 31, 320 yards, uh, four touchdowns, making some big throws. Uh, and I thought that Arkansas played a much cleaner game than they did in their loss last week uh, against BYU. Uh, K.J. Jefferson was 20-29 for 289, uh, played really well in that game. He's hard to bring down. Uh, interested to see Arkansas moving forward. This was a good football game, and Chandler's right. Uh, this very easily could have gone the other way with LSU not getting out of there with a win. Um Looking around, the only uh, other things I'll say, 
You mentioned Miami uh, taking care of business this weekend. Uh, Duke takes care of business as far as ranked teams in the ACC um, as well. And then the a couple of new teams joining the Big 12, uh, Cincinnati drops a game to Oklahoma. And then Central Florida plays their first Big 12 game and drops a decision to Kansas State, who was coming off of of that loss last weekend on that 61-yard field goal to Missouri. So, uh, UCF, you wanted to be part of a major conference. I'm sure brighter days are ahead, but uh, week one in the Big 12 was not a success uh, for you guys. But, uh, listen, this was this was fun. A lot of ranked teams, uh, a lot of good action around college football. <laughs> and, and like Chandler said, a lot of unbelievably bad coaching TPU hit on in Texas, took care of business. Uh, and did their thing as well. But, uh, you know, hey, man, like, now we get into October, start getting into the conference schedule hot and heavy. But it was a good weekend of college football. Okay, Mr. Hughes, are you there? Hold on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you there? Okay. Your thoughts yes, on the top 25 and how these scores went down? I was talking to you through some of these games. I know you have an interesting perspective on some of these teams as well. And uh, please break down your, your Trojans. I, I, I want you to tell me about your defense. I mean, your offense is putting up points, but I am not impressed with this defense that USC has right now. Caleb is really going to be the end-all, be-all for you guys. Yeah, so I will tell you, I don't think Chandler and, uh, and Mike left a lot of meat on the bone. A lot of the things that I wanted to bring up, have already been brought up um, in, in, in the in the uh, hopes of not being sounding uh, like a robot and just regurgitating the same thing. Um, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction and say coaching was bad, but I think we could equally make the argument that um, they got to clean up the officiating as well. Some of these games, I mean, Ty, you know, we were on the game, we were on on the phone. During the Clemson-Florida State, end of the game, final drive for Clemson, it's third and ten, throws the ball out to the right, the ball hits the ground, the players celebrate, all the Clemson guys put their hands up, they're staring at the ref. It must have been a good 35 seconds later before the flag came in. Now, regardless of whether or not it was a foul, pass interference, um, I saw that way too too much. They, if you're going to call pass interference, you shouldn't have to huddle with the rest of the crew to decide whether or not it's going to be pass interference. The perception, the way it looks, especially in the game like that, to wait 45 seconds, 60 seconds to make a call like that, the optics are not great. And Chandler uh, mentioned this earlier about that game. One last thing I'll say about that game. Clemson played to not lose, um, and Florida State, you know, although they looked very docile and lazy for a large portion of that game, uh, when it hit crunch time, they were they were the they were the, the one team of the two that was willing to push the ball down the field. I've seen I've seen way too many teams in college football yesterday that played not to lose as opposed to win, even a team like Oregon that absolutely routed Colorado. Uh, how many passes did we really see Bo Nix push down the field? 
Now, I know we could say, hey, listen, he didn't really have to. And, Grant, you know what? That's correct. They, they took care of business. The defense was amazing. But if you've watched these college teams week in and week out, there is not a whole lot of these teams that don't change offensively or schematically severely when competition level goes up. It, they, they, they pucker a little bit. They play a different brand of football. They, they're, it's almost like they're not confident in the brand and the players that they have. So to, to Chandler's point earlier, coaching is definitely a problem. Um, I would much rather see my team win or lose 48 to 28 than to lose, you know, uh, 7 to 10 because we're not willing to, to, to try and score. We're playing to keep the game close as opposed to try and win. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting, Ty. There were several, several games where I saw that. Uh, the Trojans' defense is a problem, no, no doubt about it. Arizona State is not a high-flying offense. Um, and I told you, I, I said this to you last week, and I'll continue to say this. You know I've been a Trojan fan forever. You know Caleb gets all his accolades and then some. And he very well could be, you know, the second coming of John Elway or, or uh, <laughs> insert great quarterback here. But I have a hard time when I'm just doing the eye test, not seeing the kid Penix that we've talked about several times. And, you know, I mentioned him last week and not going, man, that dude's got something. Like, like why does Caleb get all this attention? Now, granted, I understand it's USC. I understand they're ranked in the top five. But Washington's no slouch. Why is it that, that, that they get, he gets all this attention, the USC gets all this attention, and this kid is just lighting up everybody, and they don't? Because as you mentioned, I think he was out at halftime. I think they scored like 45 points, Washington did, at halftime. He did all right. his damage in the first half. So mm-hmm. the only reason that game even looked respectable is essentially the starters got pulled out. <laughs> they, were, they were playing against backups in the second half. Um, so, you know, I think, I think USC, I think USC has enough firepower, enough on offense and enough playmakers on defense where, uh, they will be able to weather the storm. But yeah, I mean, like you said, you take a team, you take a team like Arizona state, a a team that's one in three now, and you look at the fact that. Uh, they they hadn't looked particularly good. I mean, the game before this one, boys, they they lost to Fresno State twenty nine nothing, and then they hang twenty eight on the number four team in the country. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't alarming. But in their defense, Fresno does play defense. I like you said, so um, it's it's going to be a roller coaster ride all you know from here on out. But there is. There are several teams. Uh, there are several teams across the NCAA that uh, I think are dangerous. I think are teams that a lot of teams don't want to play. We talked about some of them, Ty. I think Washington's one of those teams. I think Duke is one of those teams. I don't think I don't think Florida State wants anything to do with Duke, but um, and they don't play. I don't think this year. We think I think we talked about that, but. They got some really good matchups coming up here in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, I play Notre Dame next week, and then um, they got another top ten matchup. Um, and we're going to learn quite a bit about Duke. But I think there's a few teams that just play really a really, really good brand of football. And uh, there's a lot of teams out there that are poor tacklers, that get very conservative in crunch time, and uh, really, really have, as Chandler said, just really bad play calling. Okay, so I'm going to start a fight, and I want to see how you guys handle this fight. And I'm going to keep it out west, and I'm coming right back to you, Brian, right back in your neighborhood. To me, the best four quarterbacks in college right now are in the west right now. Who is the best out of them, out of the four, at least, unless you're going to insert another quarterback, because Riley Leonard, yeah, you can give him some credit, too. I don't even want to, like, dismiss him. But I want to say Caleb Williams. Michael Penix, Bo Nix is going to be in the discussion, and Shador Sanders. Who would you take out of the four? And you guys keep picking on Bo Nix. Do you know that he's averaging 58 points a game? He's averaging 58 points. Oregon is on complete fire. You can keep talking about Bo Nix if you want. I've I, I seen his history too, but he's averaging 60 and had Dion's defense befuddled, even though I don't even want to give Dion credit right now because his defense is giving up points to everybody. But come, this is interesting. This is interesting. Out west, and all these guys are gunslingers and making it happen. The Heisman will come from the west somehow, some way. Brian, I come to you and throw it around the kitchen. Who would you take? Who would you take out of the four? <clears throat> well, no disrespect to Sanders, but. Um, I, I personally don't think he's quite in that conversation with the other three guys. The second thing I would say is if you look at Bo Nix, because I understand you're trying to prop him up, it's very difficult for me to take somebody like Bo Nix serious when his wins this year came against Portland State, Texas Tech, and Hawaii. And granted, they did just beat a banged-up Colorado team missing their best defensive star and their best offensive star in Hunter. But I'm just saying, if you, if you look at what Bo Nix is asked to do in that offense, it's a lot of dink and dunk. It's a lot, it's a lot of the same things that, uh, that we say Brock Purdy is asked to do, for example. It's a lot of get the ball to your playmaker in space and let him go. For my money, from what I saw, and you know I'm a USC fan. I love me some Caleb Williams. But I think the kid from Washington is special. And maybe it doesn't come to fruition until the next level. I, I just think, listen, both organizations are good. I think USC has the more talent. I think Washington, I think what he's doing there in Washington, the games I've watched this year, like I told you, I before I even knew the kid's name, I was like, wow, that kid, arm talent, just the windows he fits balls into, the decision-making, he just makes it look easy. It looks like he's playing Madden on, you know, on, on rookie, rookie level, and everybody else is playing on Heisman. It's, you know, so I, I think if I had to guess, I'd say it probably comes down to one of those two. And as you know, a lot of that's going to be determined by the overall record. And we're going right. to learn – quite a bit about both all these squads here real soon because Oregon's finally going to start facing halfway decent competition. Um, they face, they face a, a, 
uh, a Stanford team that at least plays a little bit of defense, and then they play Washington uh, after that. So the, the boys will go head-to-head, and then two weeks later they're going to play Utah. And Utah probably plays the best defense in the conference. So we're going to learn quite a bit more about Bo Nix. We'll see exactly how fantastic he is. And I know you're trying to prop him up, but for me it's like Shador, Bo Nix, there's a little bit of a gap. Then you got Williams and Penix. And for my money, I love Williams. I think physical tools-wise, it's it's probably Williams all day. But when you go in between the ears, the decision-making, you know, and some of the other stuff, like I just – just like I told you, I thought Richardson kind of had that it quality of the, of the young quarterbacks. I feel like Penix has that it quality. I could be wrong, but that's just what I feel. Fair enough. Um, I'm not trying to prop Bo Nix up. I, like I said, I I seen the same resume that you guys seen, especially when he was in Auburn. That's what ran him out of the SEC. So I feel where you guys are coming from, but he got to get some type of credit for what he's doing. And, and what does he reschedule the schedule the NCAA gave him? Like I don't, he's doing what he's supposed to do to him. He's averaging fifty some odd points. Whether he's getting a job done, like and, and you know, offensive coordinators. They do stuff that suits the quarterback to help them be successful. For them to have that type of scoring output, you gotta give him some type of credit. And, and I agree. I'm on the same, you know, mindset as you guys. Prove it to me in a big game. But right now, at this point in time, I'm just telling you to choose from what we've seen right now. He's he's electric at this point in time. Like you can't take it away from him. Um, Chandler, your your thoughts on the four quarterbacks that I mentioned? Who would you take out of the four? Caleb Williams. Michael Penix, Shador Sanders, or Bo Nix? Well, one, I'm on record last year as saying that Shador Sanders should have been in the Heisman conversation. Shador Sanders had one interception. One interception. One interception and almost 1,400 yards. It's over 70% completion rate. Um, He got sacked seven times yesterday and did not throw an interception. Um, I wonder sometimes do people watch teams other than the teams they like? Because I just heard somebody say that they didn't know Michael Penix's name. I saw Michael Penix play for two and a half years at Indiana. I saw Michael Penix play for two and a half years at Indiana in the Big Ten. I know exactly who he is. Okay, and he ain't the best quarterback out of the four. Not even close. Is he physically talented? He absolutely is. But there's a reason he left the Big Ten to go to the Pac-12. There's a reason he's in the Pac-12, along with Bo Nix. He left a better, tougher conference to go to an easier conference where they don't play defense. Interesting. I'm going to say that again. Mm. He left a tougher in a conference that played defense to go somewhere where they don't play defense. And I don't blame him because it's going to help his draft status, and I want to see the young man get drafted and make oogoo gobs of money. But miss me with Michael Penix is the greatest finisher's life button. Oh, my God. Do you say Michael Penix? Oh, my God. Miss me with all of that because I've seen Michael Penix. I've seen him in winnable games in the Big Ten. Go. 
okay? I've seen him get in games where all he needed to do was throw a check down and watch him gag. So, and I love Caleb Williams. Love him to death. Again, I'm on record last year saying that Shadua Sanders should have been in the Heisman consideration. Shadua Sanders, actually, again, if you actually watch him play quarterback, if you actually watch him play quarterback, is the most complete of them. He goes through his progressions. He doesn't run unless he absolutely has to. And when he runs, he keeps his eyes down the field. He goes, again, he goes through his progressions. His, his completion percentage is off the charts. Oh, well, he was in the SWAT. Well, now he's in the damn Pac-12. What's, what's the excuse now? You see, I keep hearing this slighting of him because you don't like his father. I don't care what his last name is. Blind taste test. Put their stats together and then tell me who's who. And I guarantee you, guarantee you that the two names at the top will be Kayla Williams and Shador Sanders. When you put their stats, three years' worth of stats, put them together, don't put no names, and then tell me who's who and you won't be able to. So miss me with the, oh, I don't know if he's on their level. Come on, son. Okay, last but not least, uh, <laughs> Mr. Harvey, your thoughts on the four quarterbacks mission? Who would you take out of the four? So I agree with Chandler that I would take I, – I would either take Kayla or Shindir, uh, Shindir Sanders. I think those two guys are – are the best of the two. I actually believe that the quarterback from Washington State, as they beat Oregon State yesterday in a good game, I think that he's probably better than Bo Nix. Uh, and I'm not sure. We'll see. I mean, listen, Utah does play the best defense in that conference. Um, that was the most lopsided seven-point game that you'll ever see uh, against UCLA yesterday where the kid threw a pick six on the first play of the game and it was over. Uh, and they still haven't had their starting quarterback. I think Cam Rising uh, is on the same level as Bo Nix as well. So I, I would probably have Bo Nix rated as probably the sixth best quarterback in that conference. Uh, I would, to me, I, I love how fundamentally sound Shadur Sanders is. I, I love Caleb Williams' dual threat ability. I would take those guys first. I think there's sort of tears to this. And then I I probably think the next tier, and, and like Penix has been really good, right? Uh, but I think the next tier of quarterbacks is probably Penix and the Washington State kid, then I'll go Cam Rising and Bo Nix if I were kind of ranking those Pac-12 quarterbacks. Right now, I do agree with you guys. I think Bo Nix is – not as special as the other guys are, but he's putting up an alarming amount of points per game. I think it's between the other three. I really don't want to blame too much of that Colorado loss on Shador because their offensive line is bad. Um, He got sacked seven times, just like Chandler said. He didn't throw a pick. A lot of quarterbacks would have got happy feet and throwing the ball away, and he's actually doing the best that he can with what he has right now. Um, and that still don't take away from what he's been able to do throughout the season at this point in time. It's just that he suffered a bad loss, and this may be the chink in the armor at this point in the time 
for the, you know, Heisman potential, unless he continues to light the scoreboard up in the remaining couple of games that they do have. I think it's between Michael Penix and Caleb Williams. I want to see Washington in a competitive game uh, before I really start nailing this situation in. And Caleb Williams is going to continue to score the ball because he has the same talents and attributes that Michael Penix has. They both can scramble. They both can make the throws, and they are dot-worthy. Like, they can make throws, you know, on the money. Like I said uh, before the rant started, one of the touchdown passes that Caleb threw was on fourth and seven from, like, the 50, and he threw it off his back foot and hit the guy in stride in the end zone. Well, basically, the, the corner fell at his feet at the one. But still, you, if you see the play, you get the point what I'm saying. Um, right now, since Caleb is the reigning champ, I think he'll probably end up getting it if he continues on this type of path. But I think Penix is definitely putting up a debatable situation, especially if he continues to play the way he's playing now. And if he can knock off USC, which is doable because USC is not playing defense, and if he, he ends up winning the head-to-head, I think this definitely helps him a lot. Uh, so the conference play is coming now. People, please buckle up. Okay, Sports City, it is time for NFL Week 3. And, um, unfortunately, I wanted to get to Brian about his game, but he, he says some emergency came up, so I, I'm going to miss that. However, um, NFL Week 3 started this Thursday with the uh, – the San Francisco 49ers taking care of business up against the New York Giants. The Giants do have their issues, um, especially with another offensive lineman going down. And this, the offensive lineman that went down is Neil. And that's the one that everybody's been talking junk about. Like he's the guy that looks like the, uh, you know, the, the turnstile at a, an event and he's letting people through. If he's going down, who's behind them? You know what I'm saying? Like if, if he's bad and they're not putting the backup in, What's going to happen with the backup? And Thomas is out too up front for the Giants. This could end up getting worse, especially while Saquon is nursing an injury. If these guys are hurt and they try to bring Saquon back and start forcing him the ball like they always do, I feel sorry and sad for Saquon at this point in time. It's it's bad. The Giants are bad, and I feel bad for them, but they got their earth shattered on Thursday, lost by 18 to the Niners. Um I don't know if I'll get Brian back, but let me get into week three as best as I can. The first game I have are the Tennessee Titans taking their talent to Cleveland up against the Browns. Both are one and one at this point in time. Cleveland is favored by three and a half in Cleveland. I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Who do you like in this game and why? Titans or Browns? I'm going to go with Cleveland because they are at home. Uh, This has got the potential to be an ugly, ugly football game. Uh, Derrick Henry is still probably the best player on the field, but I don't trust Tennessee to use him right. And as bad as Deshaun Watson looked last weekend, I still think he's better than Ryan Tannehill. So I'll take Cleveland at home in the close game. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Uh, Tennessee and Cleveland, uh, who do you like and why? Well, I have some friends that live in Cleveland, so I made some calls to, you know, I could do some research. And he told me that Deshaun still hadn't found any massage parlors. So I'm saying take the Titans and the points. Damn it. Why, why do you got to be a one? I thought I was going to be by myself taking Tennessee. I'm like, I like Tennessee, and here's why. Nick Chubb is gone. That run game is out of the way for Cleveland. 
I know that Ford actually ran the ball well in that last game up against Pittsburgh, but something happened at the end of the game where the run game just stopped. And then they put the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands, and he didn't look well at the quarterback position, and it had me questioning so much that I was talking about it all last week. I am not a Deshaun Watson fan for what it looked like. I was a Deshaun Watson fan for his whole career. Well, I want to say more or less after Clemson because when he was in Clemson, there was a rivalry. Like, I want to get him. But when he was in Houston, I wanted to see him do well. And now that he's in Cleveland and got all of this money, it's like, okay, well, go out there and perform, and you do not look like you're worth $231 million. You don't. You don't. But um, can't question the money that he was able to pull in. And I feel that Mike Vrabel, being a piece, of the Belichick tree. I got to give him credit for that. I feel like he'll be able to try to neutralize what Deshaun Watson did, knowing that I feel like their defense is better than Pittsburgh's. I think the Titans' defense is better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like they could go into the doghouse and knock off the Browns. Why Chandler beat me to it, man? Dang, I thought I was going to do it. Okay, the next matchup we have are the Atlanta Falcons going to Detroit up against the Lions in Ford Field. I will come to you first on this one, Chandler. Who do you like in this matchup and why? The Atlanta Falcons or the Detroit Lions? The Lions are favored by three and a half in Ford Field. This is another one where I don't trust the Lions. Um, Just like I said against Seattle, I don't know if they've gotten their reality check yet. I think they're still walking around thinking they can roll their helmets out there. I remember what happened in Carolina last year. So much as I don't want to, I got to take the Falcons. Okay, Mike, who do you like in this matchup and why? The Atlanta Falcons or the Detroit Lions? The Lions are favored by three and a half in four field. Last week, I took the Falcons over the Packers, and Chandler tried to give me a cup to piss in because uh, he said I needed a drug test. Now, Green Bay Aren't you from Louisiana? Why do you keep rooting for a team from Atlanta when you're from Louisiana? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Green Bay coughed that game up, uh, and so I almost had to take the drug test. But uh, they did. Uh, Atlanta was able to eat that game out and win. Uh, the magic runs out for the Falcons this week. The two, the undefeated season is no more. Uh, the Falcons get grounded in Ford Field today. This game concerns me. You know, yeah, yeah. I just need to know why this man who was so late, Bon Ton Roulet, keeps keeps repping Atlanta. <laughs> I just need to know. I just told you that. I, I need just to told know. You they lose today. I just told you they lose today. Okay. All right. All right. I'm just checking. We're, we're, Every time I turn around, you repping Atlanta. We're, we'll be we'll be revisiting this Tuesday and Wednesday and all week long. We we here. Don't worry. Now, this game concerns me. And one, of course, <laughs> the guy that we should have gotten would be Jen, B. John Robinson. I really thought I was going all the way into the draft like, yep, we primed to get him. We need a running back because I wasn't content with DeAndre Swift nor Jamal Williams. Even though Jamal Williams set a, a Lions record on touchdown score, he scored all of his runs basically from the one-yard line. And he broke Barry's record. It's like you getting credit for that. But, hey, that that's here nor here. That's, a, that's the pass. B. John was supposed to be selected by us, and now we're down a running back. David Montgomery's out, and now the guy that they picked up is going to be getting more opportunities to run the ball. But it's like now you're going to force feed him now, and it's like you're going to put him in a dangerous situation. Now, the one thing that concerns me is 
the lines are injured all across the board. If if I tell you so many of the injuries the Lions have, it's just scary. Okay, so you know CJGJ is out for this season. Uh, Taylor Decker is out for this game. Uh, St. Brown is nursing a toe. He they saying that it's turf toe. He said he was cramping, but they put a metal plate in his shoe during the game last week, and he's going to be wearing it again this week. Um, Kirby Joseph is hurt. They had to call up safeties. Um, and they just brought Isaiah Bugs back, so we definitely need him to try to stop the run because uh, him and Campbell must have been beef. And that's the only thing I can think about is him and Dan Campbell. But the one thing that bothers me the most is Dan Campbell at this point in time. You mean to tell me that you went for it, fourth and two, fake punt at the, the 19 and got it, but then in the fourth quarter you're down three at the 50 with three timeouts and play safe just to get a field goal, and it's like you want to play passive now. You have to be solid through and through because a lot of these teams are seeing how you're playing and taking chances on fourth down, and basically I, I say that's a form of disrespect. It's like you don't believe in their defenses. Every team is going to attack you the same way. you got to stay consistent. I'm putting a lot of this in your lap. Forget the, the pick six that got through or you guys not trying to give Gibbs the ball and trying to protect him. No, Dan Campbell, enough was enough because you were the coach that started that season out last year, one and six, right? Yeah, you went one and six last year. Don't fall into this hole and then try to dig us back out and go eight and two in the last ten. No, because this is what set you back and you missed the playoffs. This is a game you need up against an upstart Falcon team that got their first two wins of the season. Detroit, y'all can't be losing like this, especially when they're expecting you to win the division, uh, especially with a big game, in a bank, big game coming up this Thursday up against the Packers. <laughs> and the division is still up for grabs, and you're still in first place in the division. Detroit, my heart is involved in this. I'm, I'm staying home. We got, we got to get it done. They got to figure out a way to stop this offense, even though I am a B. John fan, and I do respect Ritter. I wanted him when he was coming out of Cincy. But nevertheless, it's a war zone. They got to try and stop Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Go Lions. The next matchup I have are the New Orleans Saints going into Lambeau up against the Packers. This is a very interesting game. The Saints are favored by one on the road in Lambeau. Chandler, I'll come to you. Your thoughts, Saints or Packers in Wisconsin? I'm going with the Packers because, again, I still don't believe in Derek Carr. I've watched them look like <laughs> uh, on offense. Um, the best they've looked on offense is when Taysom Hill has been, you know, doing his Cordell Stewart thing. So um, I like the Packers. I like what Jordan Love does. I like the Packers running game. And I also don't like the coach of the Saints. So, um, you know, un- unless un- unless something drastically changes where they fire the coach and get rid of Derek Carr, I got to go with the Packers. Okay, I'll go and leave Mike for last on this one. I'm going with the Saints. Scared of this. Is wait, no, 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 no. I'm actually sheesh. I gotta go with the Packers. Uh, I'm going with the Saints. I'm gonna stick with the first. My mother always says, "Stay with your first mind." I'm gonna go with the Saints. I, I really feel like they could pull it out because I feel like they got the weapons to attack this secondary with Olave and company. Hopefully, Michael Thomas will get his hands dirty and get a score in this game as well. And I'm personally doing this because I need this within the division. I need them to go down, but it's just some hostile environment 
in Lambeau, and um, the one thing that I am putting the pressure on the Saints is they're better on turf. The pressure is can they play that type of game on grass up against a quality team in the Packers, so especially with the Packers coming off an interesting loss up against the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Saints to get this done, but I'm on the line. It's basically a pick em. Uh Mike, your thoughts on this game, Saints-Packers in Lambeau? I'm very worried about this game. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, Jamal Williams being out for a few weeks, though. The first two weeks, he's got like 27 carries for 74 yards, so less than three yards a carry. Uh, Kendra Miller makes his uh, Saints debut today, coming back. Uh, the rookie from TCU. Uh, listen, this offense has not looked great the first couple games of the year, uh, I, though I have been impressed with Olave. Uh, I like what I've seen from Rashid Shahid and Michael Thomas has has made some tough catches for this team. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick with uh, and and I like the early returns on what I've seen from Jordan Love and the Packers. Uh, but much like last week, I'm gonna pick with my uh, with my heart and not my head, and I'm gonna pick uh, the Saints to win on the road today in Lambeau. Okay, we'll keep this thing moving, moving right along. The next matchup, this is ridiculous. The next matchup are the Denver Broncos taking their talents across the country to South Beach like LeBron up against the undefeated Miami Dolphins. I'll go first, Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are favored by six at home. Um, I didn't know this was a thing. Tyreek has been going crazy in his whole career and he's been playing in the AFC West. He has never had over 75 receiving yards against the Broncos. I wonder if he could break this no-fly zone. Not to say that he never won against them, but he's never cracked 75. Can he get 100 yards is the question. I want to see him get it done. I think the Dolphins get this done. If the Broncos start out 0-3, do you know how much fire will be at the feet of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Sean, you don't dodge this bullet neither because they thought you were coming here to change things, and now you and Russ got this stuff going on in the media. I'm going Dolphins. There's too much melee going on. Uh, I, I feel like the Dolphins are primed to try and take over the AFC East at this point in time and be a threat for the entire conference. Uh, give me the Dolphins. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Broncos-Dolphins is in South Beach. Who do you like and why? I like the Dolphins, TP. I'm a little suspicious about this line being six, uh, with the Broncos being 0-2. And, and, I mean, listen, they lost to the Raiders and the Commanders, so it's not like they have lost to two great football teams and one of them at home. Uh, and I definitely agree with you. I think that some of the smoke has to go Sean Payton to Sean Payton as well, definitely not just to Russell Wilson, but as long as Tua stays upright and healthy in this game, I think the Dolphins get it done and the Denver fight and Sean Payton to go to 0-3. Taylor, your thoughts on this game? Broncos and Dolphins, this is in South Beach. Um, I'm trying to figure out how – you know what? I'm sick of all the the, 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 the personal crap with Russell Wilson. Um, if y'all don't like that man because of who he married and how he lives his life, which is – um, he ain't out there screwing around. He ain't beating his kids. You know, he ain't cheating on his wife. He ain't getting arrested. So apparently he's not black enough for y'all. But y'all just need to say it. You just need to say it. 
He threw for over 300-plus yards last game, yet somehow it's his fault that the defense couldn't stop nobody. Oh, and by the way, the reason Tyreek Hill never got those yards against Denver was because his defense coordinator was in Denver. So I think the Dolphins smoke-checked them, and hopefully Vance Joseph is fired after this game because I think Russell's going to put up numbers, and the defense ain't going to stop nobody. So at some point, Sean Payton and Vance Joseph, y'all need to go ahead and get blamed for some of this stuff. I'm I'm sick of this Russell Wilson stuff. I'm sick of it, man, because it ain't right. That's a fact. We have a clean sweep. Everybody went in Miami. Um, and I, I agree with Jalen. I'm I'm tired of everybody picking on Russ, but he has to get a win on the board somehow. So, but I get it. I I agree with you. The defense does have to step up, but um. They did lose to the Commanders, and I know a lot of people are going to weigh that too. But I agree. Like, like I'm on your side, man. But Russ got to get it together because I am a Russell Wilson fan. I want to see him succeed, and he's not the nonsense type of guy. And it's just unfortunate that the way that Pete Carroll sold him down the river and then he gets to Denver and things ain't going the way that he thought would go. And now he's with Sean Payton, and, and he's not clicking with Sean Payton how Drew Brees and Sean Payton went. I, I just don't want to see it happen like that. The next game we have is an interesting one, people. And boy, are my eyes wide open for this one. The 0-2 Los Angeles Chargers take their talents to Minneapolis, Minnesota, up against the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. In Las Vegas, people, this is a pick em. So this is how dangerous this is because both of these teams need this win. I don't know which one will be able to climb out of the 0-3 hole, but listen to this. Austin Eckler is out. Boy, do this rest on the shoulders of Herbert at this point in time. Who wins this game and why, Mike? I'll come to you first, Chargers or Vikings? Well, this is the when I'm looking at the schedule. This is the one game I didn't want to go first on today, but I'll do it for sure. Um, whew, this is the desperation bowl for real. Uh, one of these teams has to come out of it with a win. Uh, man, uh, there's part of me that wants to take the Vikings because they're at home. I just feel like there's a little bit more talent on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers, though I'm not quite sure. Uh, I know they have the wrong coaching to kind of bring it out. Uh, but I'm going to say somehow, some way, no, I can't do it. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and the Vikings uh, find a way to win this thing uh, by field going home. Mr. Knight, who do you like in this game and why, Herbert or Cousins? All right, Coach Dawn Staley, I know you're going to be mad at me, but your second cousin <laughs> got to get fired today. <laughs> Justin wait, Herbert's wait, you said he's going to get fired like today? He's getting fired today because Justin Herbert's going to throw for like 350. And the Chargers gonna lose because his defense, his defensive coach, his defense can't stop no damn body. Cause, cause I think Kirk Cousins throws for like four today. So yeah, I'm taking the Vikings. And as a matter of fact, while they're doing the post game interview, Staley's getting fired. Well, both of them went with Minnesota. I'm going with Los Angeles, and here's why. I'm gonna be simple, and they may pick on me. I may look like Paul's Madonna in this one. I'm going to be materialistic in this one. That boy just got a ton of money dumped into his bank account. Do you hear me? A ton of money. 
Herbert, you fall to 0-3, I don't know how you get up from this, especially in the AFC West where the Chiefs are still there and they're within your reach. They're still there, right? Who knows what the Raiders are going to do? And we, we just spoke about Denver. If Denver could bounce back somehow, this is still within reason. You cannot lose this game, Herbert, and you have to prove that you are the leader without Eckler. Like, you have to get this done. You are one of these going two teams that I'm looking at that it, there's, there's no excuse any longer. I'm going with the Chargers. Let me go against the grain with these guys. The next matchup I have are the – yes, yes, sir. How is it on Herbert? How is it on Herbert when his defense can't stop nobody? I agree. No, I agree. Their defense is horrible. Listen, you've heard me for week after week pick on those guys from name after name. I even said, was that week one? When I was like, Nick Bosa is the big brother. He the little brother. Like, you don't even hear Joey Bosa no more. I I said that here. I said that. I said that. But if he know he got to go shot for shot, especially in the AFC West where there's been games where he had to beat Mahomes going shot for shot in Arrowhead. He had to put up points to go do that. But this game that he lost to the Texans, this game that he lost in the postseason up against the doggone Jaguars when he's up 27, like, he has to continue to score the ball. Regardless of the situation, you know what's at your feet. He has to do it all. He has to. He has to. You know, and we've always heard this in our lives. Life ain't fair. Life is not fair. So we'll see if he can get it done. <laughs> I'm going I'm going with the San, well, Los Angeles Superchargers. I was going to say San Diego. I'm sorry. I'm caught. Okay. Very interesting matchup here, people. The New England Patriots take their talents to East Rutherford, New Jersey, up against the New York Jets. I will go first on this one. The Patriots are 0-2. The Jets are 1-1. The Patriots are favored uh, 2.5 on the road. Sports City, do you know the Jets are on a 14-game losing streak up against the Patriots? You Belichick is not playing around with these dudes for the past seven years. And the crazy part about it is Zach did well last year. He was 5-3 and three starting as a quarterback. Two of those losses was to the Patriots. Everything else he was actually winning last year. Um, you know what, Sports City? I'm going with Gang Green. I think they pushed the envelope and forced Belichick to an 0-3 start. I'm going with the Gang Green to get it done in Jersey. I'll come to you next on this one, Mike. Your thoughts, Patriots or Jets in East Rutherford, New Jersey? Yeah, this is a game I've been thinking a lot about. And I think all streaks eventually have to come to an end. I don't feel great about it, but – I think that if the Jets are smart enough to hand the ball off uh, a, a bunch more times than they did a week ago, and they will lead on this running game of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, I think they have enough to get it done. Uh, so I'm going to say that the Jets pull this game out. Now, if Zach Wilson throws the ball 30 times, all bets are off, but I'm going to pick the Jets. I thought I would be by myself. Well, Chandler, is Belichick versus your boys? Who do you like and why? So I'm old enough to remember the Jets hoisting the Super Bowl trophy. I'm old enough to remember that. And I'm also old enough to know that Nathaniel Hackett shouldn't have a job, that the only reason he has a job is because of who his father was. Okay? That's the only reason he has a job. I also know that Robert Sala can't coach. 
So it's going to be Patriots by 10. That term gangrene is interesting because usually when you have gangrene, you amputate a limb. The Jets need to amputate Nat Hackett and Zach Wilson. I guarantee you the Jets do not run the ball over 20 times a day. They should run it 30 times. They won't run it 20. They're going to lose by 10. I'm going to watch that number to see if they have over 20 rushes. And that's com- everybody. That's both run- or however many running backs they have, right? 20 rushes? Yep. Yep. Okay, I- I'm going to watch that number. I want to see if they have less than that. I'm uh, you know, I'm giving Chandler a ton of credit if he does pull that out. I can't stand when he do this to me. Because um, then I'm going to be watching a whole other game. Um, <laughs> the next matchup I have are the Buffalo Bills. Going up against the Washington Commanders. This is a very interesting game because the Commanders have the better record in this matchup. Um, I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Bills and Commanders. This is taking place in Lanham. The Bills are favored by five and a half on the road. I think the Bills get it done. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Uh, I think that uh, the enemy's offense kind of pushes. Uh, uh, Buffalo, but at the end of the day, I, I think the commanders, still young quarterback, still kind of trying to figure out this system. Uh, Bill's a little bit more proven, though. The window is closing, and I'm still not hugely impressed with what I've seen out of Josh Allen so far this year. Uh, but I I think the Bills have a little bit more fire firepower. I think they win. I don't know if they cover five and a half. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Bills and Commanders in Lanham, Maryland. Remember, the, I think it was uh, Virginia Tech. It's called a Beamer Ball. Um, we about to see the enemy ball today. I'm taking the Commanders. Taking the Commanders. Um, that defense is for real. And I think Eric, B, Eric Bieniemy is making Sam Howell look like an NFL quarterback. So I'm taking the Commanders. And if you happen to have $20, instead of spending that $20 on that garbage meal from McDonald's, Take the commanders in the points. Why is this dude in my dog on brain cells? Get out of my head. Would you get out of my head? Why did I go to him first? I wanted to pick the commanders and be by myself. I went, let him go. I, I, Eric B. Enemy gets a ton of credit in this game, and here's why. You don't see the firepower in Kansas City like we used to see, and even though they do have enough firepower to win games, right? But Sam Howell is making throws that everybody is gawking about in traffic. And if he could do this against the Bills, I feel like they're successful. And who has been successful against the Bills? Eric bieniemy has been successful with, against the Bills, especially when he's in Kansas City, or seen success, or has beaten them before. He knows what it takes. They have a sound running game. They got receivers that can threaten these guys. It's not going to be easy for them, especially with them on the road. And this is the one thing that actually just 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 bothers me is how much credit Josh Allen gets. And Josh Allen loves to drop back. If he don't see nothing, he tries to, you know, make some erratic runs and put himself in jeopardy. But just like it's been said, the commander's defense could make this an issue. I think the commander's defense get home at least three times in this game, at least three times. I'm going with the commanders to win this game at home and start out 3-0 and and still threaten – the Eagles and the Cowboys at this time, at this time, not not throughout the season. I don't think they stick around long, but at least the three and no start makes it interesting and makes the storyline look somewhat better in the NFC East. Okay, the next matchup we have are the Texans and Jaguars battle of the AFC South. 
I'll go first. I'm going with Jags. The Jags are favored by seven and a half at home. The Texans have their issues right now. Um, I'll come to you on this one, Chandler. Who do you like and why, Texans or Jags? What's the point spread? Seven and a half. Ah, crap. I thought it was double digits. No, it's the Jaguars. Mike, who do you like and why, Texans or Jaguars? Mike, can you hear me? I'll take the Jags in this game. I just don't think the Texans have enough. This is not a very good uh, football team right now. Mike, I'm coming right back to you. The Indianapolis Colts take their talents of Baltimore, Maryland, up against the Ravens. The Ravens are favored by seven and a half, in which Anthony Richardson is out of this game. Who do you like and why, Colts or Ravens? No Anthony Richardson, no Jonathan Taylor, no run game to speak of. You do not want to become one-dimensional, uh, the mustache Minshew against this uh, Baltimore defense. Uh, I think the Ravens get this done against uh, the Colts. Chandler, Colts or Ravens in Baltimore, who do you like? The Ravens. Baltimore. It's a clean sweep. I'm going with the Ravens. I feel like with Richardson out, and just like Mike said, Taylor isn't back on this roster, this this is karma, Indianapolis. You, you guys have played with fire and didn't want to put your face of your organization on this roster. And what, did he come back next week or the week after? I think it's the week after because it's the week four next week. But still yet, uh, I, I really feel like the Ravens are ready to throttle these guys. I think this can be double-digit even though Odell is out. Odell Beckham is out for this game. But I'm, I'm still going with the Ravens to take care of business at home. Um, is there anybody, because I could do this quickly, is there anybody in this doggone kitchen that believes the Panthers can go to Seattle and knock off the Seahawks? The Seahawks are favored by five at home. Nope, Red Rifle shoots blank. <laughs> I, I don't agree trust Seahawks, because so I'm going to take Panthers. Stop it. Bryce Young is out. You're really doing that. Oh, what? Okay. Bryce Young okay. is out? Yes, he's out. Bryce Young is out for this game. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Seattle. Sorry. Okay, that's what I was like. <laughs> I, I should have said the injury report. I, I apologize, Chandler. That's my fault. Well, he's out, and they're going across the whole country to go up there against the 12th man. That's why I'm like, oh no! If they pull, if they pull, if the Panthers pull this game out, boy, Las Vegas is one dirty little city. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Um, Andy Dalton okay, played I, well against Seattle last year in the Dome. That was one of the few games that he played pretty well for the Saints, but. It's not happening uh, in Seattle for his. Andy Dalton is done. I'm, I'm talking about done. Okay. <laughs> That's why the Saints got rid of him. Um, the next matchup, I'm going to do this again in Sports City. And this one, I, I feel like I'm I'm like Grinch smiling. I don't know if you guys know who this Grinch is, but I'm smiling like the Grinch. But I do feel bad like, like in my heart about this situation. No, I, I do. Honest, I do. Is there anybody in this doggone kitchen that believes the Chicago Bears can go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs? The Chiefs are favored by 12 and a half at home. Nope. Damn it, man. I want to pick the Bears so bad because I need Justin Fields for the game. Stop it. I'm taking the Bears. That's why I feel- I'm taking the Bears. Wow. He's being funny. <laughs> okay. 
See, that's why he's laughing. <laughs> Look, but I feel bad for Justin Fields because the world is picking on him. The world is picking on him. And the crazy part about it is also what I'm feeling bad about is just like Chandler had mentioned earlier this week, the defensive coordinator stepped down because of his issues that he's having. And uh, Eberflus is taking over the defensive responsibility. So it's like this is this is, and I don't like using the term, but this is the dumpster fire going on right now. The Chicago Bears are the legit dumpster fire at this point in time. Um, I was watching something on YouTube this morning before the show. They had a, it's a YouTube short where they show like ten seconds of like a clip. Uh, DJ White. Uh, he walks up on DJ Moore. No, Devin White, right? Devin White is the uh, – I said DJ White. Devin White is the linebacker. He walks up on DJ Moore and says, they're not using you right. You got to get out of this offense. DJ Moore laughed and said, yeah, I feel you. Literally, this is be like mid-game Bears-Bucks last week. They are They are in the middle of the game, and he agreed with them. This is how bad it's in Chicago, or they was in Tampa, but still you get the point. So they have to turn this around somehow, even though I don't want to see it because they're in the division. But like, just just for like analytical purposes and want to see people. I'm a guy that like to see people second chances. But the world has been picking at the Bears and Justin Fields, and it's like just get started because they they called you an MVP candidate to start this season. This season, I didn't see it. I was yelling at people like, "What's going? Why? How? Because he ran for a thousand yards? Stop! Now look like this." People are prisoners of the moment. Please stop doing this because this is what happens to the world. Oh, this is back-to-back, all three of these games. Okay, the next one, I got it again. Is there anyone in this doggone kitchen that believes the Cardinals can protect their house in Arizona up against the undefeated Cowboys at this point in time? The Cowboys are favored by 12-and-a-half in Arizona. No. Mr. Harvey? No, no. Okay, no. that's okay, just make it sure. Just make it sure. Okay. Um I wanna I'm gonna say this. I, I think Dallas covers the spread. <laughs> I think they beat them by fourteen or better. I think it's gonna happen. I think they, they go in there and go crazy. Um last but not least for Sunday, um the Pittsburgh Steelers take their talents to Las Vegas, the home away from home against the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by three at home. Who do you guys like and why? I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Steelers or Raiders? I'm going to go with the Steelers, though I don't feel great about it. I just think I think Tom is a better coach. I think that George Pickens is going to have a pretty good day. Um, and I, I think Kenny Pickett starts to show us a little bit more at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, I don't think we see preseason Pickett, but I think we see better than 50% completion rate. And uh, and I'm just going to try to speak this into existence because he's been killing my fantasy teams. Najee Harris has a pretty good game today uh, for Pittsburgh as well. And so I think they get it done in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Chandler, who do you like and why Steelers or Raiders in Allegiant Stadium? I'm taking the Steelers because Josh McDaniels got lucky his first two weeks. Um, he played teams that honestly were trying to trying to find themselves struggling. Um, he's going up against a better coach. 
and a better team. So this is the beginning of Josh McDaniels losing pretty much the rest of every game the rest of the season. So I'm taking the Steelers. I'm going against the Green. I'm going with the Raiders. Ha, 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 ha. Um, I feel like Devontae could go crazy. Somehow, some way, McDaniels is going to have to scheme to get TJ out of the game. If TJ gets home, the Raiders are going to lose. But I'm going to go with the Raiders at home. They're favored for a reason at home. I am not impressed with what the Steelers have shown me, especially in a game where Cleveland could have won and Deshaun Watson looked bad. Watson looked bad, and that was in Pittsburgh. They were in Pittsburgh and almost lost to the Browns without Nick Chubb. I'm going with the Raiders to pull this off, even though their defense isn't full throttle, but I am a Max Crosby fan. I feel like he could get home and cause some pressure to pick it at this point in time. Even though Pickens is a monster, I hear that. I feel like Freemuth could cause some tension in the secondary too, but I, I feel like the Raiders protect their house and make this interesting in the AFC West. Okay, we're going to round out everything in the Monday night games and get you guys out of here as best as possible. First and foremost, the Eagles and Bucks take flight. Both of these guys are undefeated. Who loses their first game, Philly or Tampa? Mike, I'll come to you first. The Eagles are favored by five in Tampa Bay. I think the Eagles win this game. I have not been super, super impressed with them so far this season, but I think they're a better team than Tampa, and I think they show it tomorrow night. Taylor, who do you like, Philly or Tampa? As with Josh McDaniels, I'm going with the better head coach. Um, Todd Bowles is trash. Baker Mayfield, I'm feeling kind of dangerous. You in danger today, bro. It, it's tomorrow, but it, it, I, I agree. I agree. I'm going with Philly to pull this out. Um, the last time Philly was well, that I can recollect. The last time Philly was down there was two years ago or three years ago when the Eagles lost to Tom Brady in Tampa, and uh, that started up the Hurts situation. Once Hurts lost that game to Tampa, he went crazy after that, and I guess that was his learning experience. I feel like he goes down there into Raymond James and breaks every cannon in that ship and causes mayhem in Florida. I'm going with the the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Um, Last but not least, the Los Angeles Rams go into Cincinnati up against the Bengals in which it's questionable if Joe Burrow is playing. Um, the Rams are 1-1 one one at this point in time. The Bengals are 0-2. Um, I think the Bengals need to win more than ever, especially with how the AFC North is looking at this point in time. But for some odd reason, Stafford has been shocking the world the way that he's been playing and having these Rams at least competitive. They pulled off a win up against Seattle and made it interesting up against San Francisco. I'm going to say this. I'm going with the Rams to pull this off. If, if Burrow's questionable, he can't move around. I, I don't think they beat him. And uh, don't forget Aaron, Aaron Donald's still up front. Don't forget Aaron Donald is the one that shut down that Super Bowl while Burrow was healthy. Burrow was questionable at this time. He's a sitting duck. He can't move. I, and that offensive line still looks the same. They still haven't been able to score the way they need to score. I, I'm going with the Rams. I, I think the Rams come out the gate 2-1. and one on this season. Uh, Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Rams and Bengals in Cincinnati, and the Bengals are favored by two and a half. I'm going with the Rams as well because I remember saying before week two against the Ravens that I didn't think Joe Burrow's calf was healed. Um, Calf Mm -hmm. strains take a while to heal. You have to stay off of them. 
This, they don't. That's not a week. That's not like a, a few days, man. That's like a few weeks, sometimes months. Um, and then you have to worry about him tearing his Achilles. By the by, remember Kevin Durant blew their Achilles. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. What do you have? A calf strain, and he blew his Achilles. I don't think Joe Burrow should play. Um, and even if he does play, I think I think he's compromised, and I think the Rams win this game. Mike, the Rams or your homie, Joseph Burrow? I actually agree with you both. I think if he plays, he's going to be very limited. He's a sitting duck. And uh, I think if this franchise does the right thing to protect their investment, I think he probably doesn't play. And I just don't see a backup quarterback, whoever it is. I don't even know uh, right now who the backup is in Cincinnati. Uh, but I don't think that they have enough to get it done. I think the Rams go in, steal a road game uh, in Cincinnati tomorrow night. Okay, Swiffin. So we rounded out our week three. We got our thoughts and opinions out for the college football. And, oh, yes, if you are a diamond lover, baseball, it is almost over this week. It'll be ending. So, uh, everybody, y'all just stay tuned with everything we got going um, I need plugs to close out from each of you. I will start with you first, Mr. Knight. Give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you'd like to pr- promote before we shut down the whole building here in Sports City. Um, as always, a lot of fun doing this. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't really have anything to promote. You know that. Um, I say it all the time. If you're a veteran, friend of a veteran, family member, spouse, whatever, 22 veterans commit suicide a day. 988, option one, just need to talk, need to get some information. If, you do not, if you're a veteran, you don't have a VA health card, you need to go get one. I don't care if you hate the VA. Go get that card. Use your benefits. They're called entitlements because you're entitled to them because you earned them. It's not a handout. It's a hand up. Say yes to life. Say no to house guests. And if anybody's watching that show, that continental thing, uh, that's like the prequel to the John Wick thing. It's actually pretty good. It's well written. The premise is great. The guy they got playing Winston, eh, but otherwise it's pretty good. I love John Wick. I gotta, I gotta catch up on that. Then he got me about to do something else. I'm tired of Chandler. Y'all know that. I'm, I'm really tired of him. He, he's so intriguing. Ugh. These people out of New York. Okay, Mr. Harvey, I need a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote as we get ready to shut the doors here. At the brunch. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, UTP, man. Much love and respect. Without you, wouldn't be here. Shout out to the other chefs that we chop it up with throughout the week. Chandler, always a pleasure to share the airways with you, just like we do on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Roundtable gumbo. We got other shows throughout the week. Tuesday, the NFL front office show hosted by Sirius. Wednesday night, college cookout with uh, the villain and TP. me and uh, Sirius and oftentimes Chandler stop by as well on that show. SportsCityChef.com. Check us out. We got finger foods, blogs, articles coming up. I'm sure you'll see more on uh, Giants and Steelers after their games uh, this week. I think Barry actually released a finger food already on the Thursday night game. Maybe. Uh, got one coming up on the uh, season that has been for Ronald Acuna Jr. as well. Uh, one week left in baseball, man. And then uh, – we turn our attention to the postseason, and we will see. I still think the Phillies may be the most formidable challenge for the Braves in the playoffs, uh, but we'll see how that cookie crumbles. 
Uh, but, man, listen, uh, until next week, it's always a pleasure and a privilege, TP, to be alongside you on the timeless Sunday morning brunch. Look forward to the next time we do it, man. Laissez-les bon temps roulette. Everybody get in front of your TV screen, watch your teams, and support them as best as you can. It is getting lit. These bird months have been out of control. Um, I'm so happy to have seen the Twins clinch. People don't even know how I've been at the edge of my seat waiting for this to happen. Did you know that the Twins have won a division a couple times within the past decade? They did not win that division at home since 2010. Every time they've clinched, they've been on the road somewhere clinching that division. They finally did it in Minnesota, and everybody showed up. I love it. And um, please, Falvey, whoever, all of you guys, please keep Max Kepler. Please, this guy's playing great baseball. Please, please don't trade my guy. Man, this guy's playing good. Um, they're suffering so many injuries, but hopefully they bounce back. Correa's out. Uh, Royce Lewis is out. Um, of course, you know Buxton is out. But um, hopefully these guys bounce back and get ready for this postseason so we can make one of the more epic runs. Let's bring 1991 back. We had to beat some team on the east coast of America somewhere. I don't, I don't know, somewhere in the south. Some 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 weapon they have, some, some chant they do. But hopefully we can get up in there and do this again. Let's revisit 1991. Let's do it. Sports City, hopefully my boys get this done. Shout out to Rocco Baldelli. He just had twins himself in the Twin City, and the twins just got to the doggone postseason epic stuff, Sports City. I'm at the edge of my seat. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.